Hello, NRL fans. Welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Welcome to another off-season pod. Today, we roll into team number seven on the power rankings. I've got Johnny with you, mate. Johnny, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well, mate. Thanks. We're talking about the belly aches of Melbourne, the Melbourne Storm at number seven, Nom. When I tell you that off the bat, too low, too high, just right. Yeah, look, um, the, I feel like every year, you know, there's there's lots of doubters at the Storms. Every year there's always, you know, this is the year that they that they so, sort of finally, you know, drop off a peg. It could be this year, but, you know, I've been proven wrong more times when I bet against the Storm. Um, look, seventh, they're still in the eighth, um, but I think that's that's a, that would be a foul from the Storm's usual standards. Let's go through the predicted squad and we can start to paint a bit of a picture here of what we're thinking here. So our fullback with a huge asterisk, Ryan Pappenhausen. On the wings, Nick Meany, Xavier Coates. In the centres, Justin Olam and Remus Smith. In the halves, Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes. A front row of Christian Welch, Harry Grant and Tui Kamakamika. A back row of Alicia Katoa, Tarek Sims, Nelson Osofa-Solomona. And a bench of Tyra and Wishart, Josh King, Alex McDonald, Trent Liero. Obviously, everyone will go straight to the four-pack number. I think if you're looking at the spine, we'll get to the number one in question, but Pappenhausen, Munster, Hughes, and Grant, nothing to sneeze at there. One of the best in the game, if not the best. Our back line of Meany, Olam, Remus, and Coates is extraordinary for most teams. But we get to this front row, and the guys they lost, yes, were long in the tooth in terms of the Bromwich brothers and Felice Cafusi, along with Brandon Smith. But you're bringing in guys to try and bring him into this Melbourne system and hopefully they can turn around in terms of Katoa and Sims. My only concern is looking at this team. If those two, if one or both of them don't work out, there's not really a lot of options. I think Trent Liero, Alex McDonald are guys that can come in and do a job off the bench. I'm not sure how they'll go starting. you got a guy like Nelson who you can throw around from prop to lock to second row. But it just similar to start of last year, as soon as Christian Welch went down with that injury, a couple of injuries, a suspension, or some poor form here, this four-pack will be quickly exposed. Yeah, that's right. Not as much depth as you'd like. Um, and, you know, like you said, they've lost a lot of experience up front. You know, yes, they're sort of, you know, in the twilight stage of their career, but, you know, that's a that's a heavy loss in um, the Robridge brothers. Well, and look, you've got to look at the guys in the reserves, you know, Tepa Maroa, Aaron Penne, Tom Eisenhuth, guys that will do a job for Bellyache, normally that 20 minutes off the bench. But if you're now saying come in and play a good 40, 45 minutes for us at a pinch, it's just a lot of guys that are unproven. You've got a big guy like Jack Harworth who a lot of raps on, didn't get a game last year. This might be the year, but I just, from a four pack, I think the forwards, especially in today's game, is so critical. You've seen some of the teams that have, really dominated the last couple of years, a strong four-pack leading the charge because we've seen no matter how good your halves are, no matter how good your outside backs are, if those forwards aren't rolling, you're making 30 metres a set, it can be trouble. So I do worry about a bit of an ambush early on those first couple of rounds in the season if Melbourne really gets punched in the mouth a couple of times, if these guys don't really adapt. And you're talking like about guys like Tarek Sims, who we know was a great footballer at the Dragons, even up to last year. And Alicia Katoa, who's shown big flashes for the Warriors. The opportunity is there for them. Just whether they can take it in Billy Egg's system is the question. Yeah, I mean, but over time we have, 
I guess Belyak has shown that he can sort of bring, especially a forward, sort of bring them in, give them a really um, yeah, simple game plan and just stick to it. And they do tend to uh, come out good in the storm system. It'd be very fascinating because normally, you know, I feel like Melbourne is one of those teams where we don't really pick the forwards there on the in the draft. They're more of waivers and then, you know, late in the draft. Whereas this year, I think some guys will go very high on like Elise Katoa, Tarek Sims, Tui Kamakamika, you know, thinking of the upside play, you know, if, like you said, come into the system, do a job. Uh, I think you saw it with Josh King early on last year. Josh King had a very nice start of the season, a very big cheapie last year, made some good cash. And then, you know, once he hit that certain point in the season, really did plateau out and was averaging, you know, 30, 35 for the rest. So, Bellyache is the key here. How does he respond if someone makes a couple of errors? Are they instantly out of the rotation? Um, fascinating to see. But let's go straight to the number one nom because that's where I think this season hinges. We know Cameron Munster went to number one last year and brained it. We know Mick Meany had a pinch can come in there at six. There's no Cooper Johns in this team anymore. He has now moved on. I guess the next backup halfback would be Jaden Nikarima potentially could slot into the number seven at a pinch. But they are lacking in the halves and they're really banking on Ryan Pappenhausen to be fit. We're now recording this on the 11th of January. There was that report about a couple of days ago that he's still not running, which is pretty concerning considering when he had the injury. Just a lot of question marks. And to me, he's the biggest swingman in the draft. I think from a draft perspective, Turbo is going to go top six. I think, you know, people will talk themselves into... It was the shoulder last year. He's going to get the hammies worked on to make sure they don't get torn again. Ryan Pappenhausen's kneecap was in 10 places. It got put back together. I think it was, more, think it was in 20 places. <laughs> 20 places, 30 places, whatever it was. It was shattered. They put it together, and now he's still not running. Also taking the effect that he's got that turbo injury history with concussions, and he tore, the, I think, the hammy or the quad last year. And he's had a shoulder and an AC joint as well. He's a slight guy who throws his body around. He's to me, is he can go seventh in the draft. He can go 20th in the draft. I think there's a real I don't possibility. Think he'll be I would be, if you are, from what we've seen on me now, draft league at least, let's talk about our one, tour man league. If you don't nail your first, one of your first two round picks, you're cooked. No matter what trade you do the rest of the season, you've got to have at least one of your top two guys succeed. So if you're picking Ryan Pappenhausen with the off chance that he may not play more than 10 games this season, it's just a risk. I know he's not he won't last to 20, especially now league. He will be gone before round 12. I'll pick 12. But it's going to be very, very fascinating to see what that average draft position is on the app because I'll be stunned if it's like 1.4, 1.5 in those top five picks. I'd be stunned. I I think it I think this is a, a watch watch and wait. I think yeah. um you know if we get some positive news, you know we're still you know about six weeks away from our draft. We're doing it right before kickoff. I think with Ryan Pappenhausen, me personally, I mean we've seen what he he's sort of almost at the turbo level where you know when he goes big he can ton up. Just we you've owned him when he's. You know, mm. he's got four tries and a half. He He's the goal kicker of this Melbourne Storm team and he's fullback. He's the Ferrari of, Ferrari of all the positions. Look, he is the most exciting player to own in Supercoach when he's on. There is no doubt about it. Uh, he can win your comp, no doubt about it. 
he could also lose you a comp. And again, I'm a guy who I've been, since I've owned this podcast, I think I've been one of the biggest Ryan Pappenhausen fanboys. But just to give you an idea of where I'm at to, I've got him as a, in my big board, I've just got him as a huge asterisk. I've got him down at number seven right now, uh, number eight right now. But realistically, I've actually got him as, so I've got three A, asterisk, asterisk, actual number eight. Because there's eight guys I would, seven guys I would trust ahead of him in terms of durability, health, be there for the mm. full season. But if we're just going best case scenario, he's number three. So it's going to be very fascinating to see how guys value him, if the injury concerns worry anyone, or whether, because don't forget in Classic as well, he's one of the highest priced players because he had those big couple of games before he did the knee. So I think he was sitting at just over eight, 850,000, I want to say. So he will be very, very lowly owned to start the season. I would estimate under 7% owned for Ryan Pappenhausen once the season starts. If he, you know, comes in, takes a couple of weeks to warm up to it, drops some big lots of cash, get down to, let's say, 600,000, bang, you jump on it. Similarly, in a draft league, if someone takes him early, a couple of weeks of 50s and 60s, maybe even a 40 thrown in there, round five or six, if you're still on the park and you can see there's improvement, you go for the big blockbuster trade. Yeah, sounds about right. Like well, I said, it's, it's sort of with Ryan Pappenhausen. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got all the potential, but uh, I guess, you know, there is a lot of doubt leading into, especially the early start of the season, you want to uh, might be a bit cautious. So. Well, look, let's gun number one is him with a big asterisk. Let's go to the unquestioned number one, which is Cameron Munster, the number one five eight in the comp. A guy that's probably the second best player to own in Supercoach behind Ryan Pappenhausen. Yes, he can throw a 30 against Newcastle, but then he can go four centuries in a row. He's that type of player when he wants to get up for a game, there's not many better getting not many better at getting up for a big game than Cameron Munster. Yeah, 100 percent He's uh ironically, he's not a flat track bully. I mean, you know, I guess the Titans or you know, bottom eight side, he he could he could sort of sit back and just, you know, let Jerome Hughes or Harry Grant sort of go to work. But, you know, when it's sort of, you know, that big sort of stem origin game or I guess one of those top four teams, he can really turn on. He's the opposite of Daly Cherry Evans. DC against the bottom four sides will go ballistic. Cam Mounser, like you said, Jerome, Harry, go ahead, boys. I'll come in and throw a couple of big cutouts, maybe get a step in if I can. But otherwise, let's just coast to this one. So that's Munster in a nutshell. Number three, gun Harry Grant. Obviously, the number one, number nine in the game. No cheese behind him this year. There'll be a tiny bit of Tyro Wishart backing him up, but this is for the first time in his career since he was at the Tigers that one half a season or full season. This is his team, his number nine jersey. It's going to be very interesting. He's definitely a first-round pick, highly owned in classic. This will be a big year for Harry Grant. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, none of that sort of... You know, there is Tyro Wishart who might come in to spell a few minutes, but, you know, it's... It's less so that one-two punch with uh, him and Cheese. Um, yeah, this is essentially his team now. Um, and, yeah, unquestionable number one uh, hooker in the game. Not many avoids in terms of this team. This is a pretty good team. Uh, I will throw the first one at Ali Sikatoa. I think out of the two guys I did mention, that new second row, he is someone who I could imagine Belliak after a couple of weeks just goes enough and puts uh, Trent Liero in that starting second row spot. So I would definitely caution anyone 
you know, trying to be sneaky and going, I'm going a seven round pick on him. I don't think that's going to be wise on your part. Uh, Josh King, a lot of people will think that he's going to be the starting 13. Uh, again, don't look at what he did at the start of last year. Look at how he finished it. He was a guy that, you know, played that first 25, 30 minutes and then barely came on for the last five minutes. So he's someone who isn't a point per minute guy. He's not a big minute guy. Uh, and there's other forwards, I think, that will jump the queue ahead of him this year. And then one that I actually do like him this year, but it's an avoid because I think there might be a bit of an overdraft for each and someone you have to wait on in Classic, is Christian Welch. I think he's one of the best props in the game pre-injury. I just want to see how he's running post-injury because that is a non-contact injury. It's interesting to see how the forwards always come back from them. So that was round one last year. It'll be exactly since he's done the injury. Just a little bit of a caution on overdrafting Christian Welch. Just let it let it play out first and see how it looks first. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, with the Storm team, it's it's mainly the spine you'd be interested in. Uh, with the Ford pack, the sort of 11 to 13 in particular, there's there's a lot of question marks. And lastly, shout out to my man, Nick Meany. I will be owning him this year. He is my stealthy pick because if Pappenhauer's not months to go down at all, he's going to move into a spine position. He'll goal kick. I've got him as the ninth best center wing this year. And if you heard my podcast on Nick Meany and the lack of talent scouting in the NRL, you'll give it a listen because uh, I think if you look at his story and where he's come from the last couple of years, you'll be a huge Nick Meany fan as well. Uh, unfortunately, a Newcastle boy as well. That's right. You you let him go after, I think, one off two first row games. So not fantastic. But like I said in the podcast with you about the Knights this year, they might turn around this year. So up the mighty Newcastle Knights this year. <laughs> We'll leave it there for the Melbourne Storm team number seven, and we'll be back very soon with team number six. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great day. We'll hear from you soon. Cheers.